Hola, and welcome to Spanish Answers, a podcast that gives you unas llavitas claves as you unlock your Spanish language adventure. I'm your host, Sarah, with Language Answers, and today in episode 48, we're going to finalize our three-part series on reflexive verbs. So if you've missed the previous two episodes, episodes 46 and 47, I highly recommend that you press that pause button and go back and listen to them first. And today we're going to look at 10 examples of verbs that significantly change their meaning when you use them as reflexive verbs. We're also going to be looking at a new country for our cultural tip, Argentina. Let's get started. So just a quick note slash reminder, this section does include an affiliate link to Amazon, and I will include that link in the podcast notes. Just remember, in essence, at no extra charge to you, I do receive a small commission if you choose to purchase the product using my link, and I only recommend products this way that I have bought and used myself and that I found useful. So just as with our last couple of episodes, I use the Spanish Frequency Dictionary by mostusedwords.com to choose some of the most frequently used verbs for these examples. I then selected the following list based not only on their ranking, but also on their meaning and their relevance. I used wordreference.com for that. And that's basically how I put together what I want to talk about in this episode. With that being said, let's look at 10 examples where you want to make sure you know exactly what you're doing when you use them as reflexive verbs. Our first reflexive verb is pasar, which means to happen or to pass over or through something, to pass a class, or the reflexive verb pasarse, which is to pass each other something like notes, and even pasarse a, which is to change sides. An example sentence of pasar, clearly, you know, the most common one, que pasa, which is what's up. Or, pasó cuatro horas cocinando la comida. He spent four hours cooking the meal. Pasó cuatro horas cocinando la comida. He spent four hours cooking the meal. Pasarse. Las chicas se pasaban recados durante la película. The girls were passing notes during the movie. Las chicas se pasaban recados durante la película. The girls were passing notes during the movie. And pasarse a. Durante el juego, mi compañero de equipo se pasó al enemigo y yo perdí. During the game, my teammate switched to the enemy and I lost. Durante el juego, mi compañero de equipo se pasó al enemigo y yo perdí. During the game, my teammates switched to the enemy, and I lost. So be careful when you're using pasar or pasarse. Pasar is used all the time. It's a very, very common and popular verb, but pasarse has just a little bit of a different meaning. One thing to note also, pasarsele means to forget to do something or something slipped your mind, to overlook or miss something. Now, I would argue that this is more of a passive voice that's being used rather than just a reflexive verb. So that's why I didn't include it completely right in this section. I kind of am setting it aside. But it is a pretty useful phrase, so I wanted to include it. So here's an example of pasarsele. Se me pasó hacer la tarea. I forgot to do the homework. Se me pasó hacer la tarea. I forgot to do the homework. Moving on to number two. Salir, to leave, to go, to go out with. Well, that would be salir con. Versus 
the reflexive salirse, which is to leak out of something or to resign or to recuse yourself. So an example of salir is durante un fuego debe salir del edificio de inmediato. During a fire, you should exit the building immediately. Durante un fuego debe salir del edificio de inmediato. During a fire, you should exit the building immediately. And an example of salirse, ¿Por qué quieres salirte de la empresa? Why do you want to leave the company? ¿Por qué quieres salirte de la empresa? Why do you want to leave the company? Now, you don't want to accidentally say, I will resign at 6, when all you really want to say was, I'm leaving at 6. Salgo a las 6 versus me salgo a las 6. One word difference, but pretty important. Also, I understand that salir is one of those verbs where, for an English speaker, it's pretty hard to understand exactly when you're supposed to use it. So that would be a completely different podcast. We definitely don't have time to get into that today. But since I haven't made a podcast on this, if you'd really like to dive more into salir versus ir versus dejar, then I've included a link in the show notes to a really helpful article by Tell Me in Spanish. Go ahead and check that out. Number three is valer to cost, to equal, or to be valid, right? Spelled with a V, like Victor, valer, versus the reflexive valerse, which is to make use of or to take advantage of, requires, of course, de as the following preposition. So you'd say valerse de. An example of valer, el reloj antiguo vale más de mil dólares. The antique watch is worth more than $1,000. El reloj antiguo vale más de mil dólares. The antique watch is worth more than $1,000. And then valerse. Te valiste de tu relación con el político para ganar poder. You took advantage of your relationship with the politician to gain power. Te valiste de tu relación con el político para ganar poder. You took advantage of your relationship with the politician to gain power. Number four. Dejar to leave alone or leave behind, to stop, to allow, versus its reflexive, dejarse, which is to neglect yourself or to let yourself go, right? So one can have a negative or positive connotation, dejar, right? It can be positive that you left something behind, like dropping your kids off at school, or it can be negative, like you forgot your keys at home. But dejarse is definitely a negative thing, right? You are letting yourself go, you're neglecting yourself. That's never, never a good thing. So an example of dejar, dejó mis llaves en el coche otra vez. He left my keys in the car again. Dejó mis llaves en el coche otra vez. He left my keys in the car again. Don't you hate it when that happens? And then dejarse, cuando su hermano se murió, ellos se dejaron. When their brother died, they let themselves go. Cuando su hermano se murió, ellos se dejaron. When their brother died, they let themselves go. Number five, volver, again, another V, like Victor, volver, to go back or return, versus its reflexive, volverse, to turn or become something. So pretty important difference, and let's kind of delve into this. An example of volver, right, is volvamos a casa, es muy tarde. Let's go back home, it's really late. Volvamos a casa. Es muy tarde. Let's go back home. It's really late. And then you've got volverse. Juan se ha vuelto loco. Juan has become crazy. So do you see the difference between the two verbs? Volver is really, it's simply an act, a directional movement. 
But volverse involves your state of being, changing who you are. You could say something like, ella se volvió tediosa. This means she became tedious. You could also replace tediosa with other adjectives like imposible or chistosa, right? Impossible or silly. Another side note, for fun, while researching this episode, I came across a song sung by David Bisbal and Dana Paola called Vuelve. How appropriate, right? So I've included the link in the show notes, of course, and also, as always, in the blog. And another side note, I know there's so many throughout this article, I just had a lot of fun with it. Anyways, this is another verb, right, volver, that we could also talk about all day long. But if you want to learn more about become verbs like volverse and hacerse, then you should check out these articles, again, I'll include the links, by Lawless Spanish and Deliberate Spanish. And the one by Deliberate Spanish, I gotta say, is really, really in-depth. I'm super excited to have found it. I think it's a fantastic resource. So definitely recommend that you check out those articles. All right, moving on to number six. Quedar, which is to be left over, and quedarse, which is to stay. So an example of quedar is me quedan dos dólares. I have two dollars left. So in Spanish, they have a different way of saying I've got two dollars left over, you know, five dollars left over, whatever. It's not directly translatable into English. So please note, right, me quedan dos dólares. This is not a reflexive verb. So if you take a closer look, quedan is the plural form of quedar, whereas me is the indirect object pronoun for I. It's kind of like the verb gustar, right? Me gustan. There's not really a direct translation into English. Another way to tell that this is not a reflexive verb is that if you were talking about someone in the third person plural, right, they, you wouldn't say se quedan, but les quedan. So there you go. Just another way to tell that it's really a verb with an indirect object rather than a true reflexive. So an example of the true reflexive, quedarse, would be me quedé adentro mientras él daba un paseo. I stayed inside while he went for a walk. Me quedé, right? Me, the pronoun for I. Me and quedé, that's the I past tense conjugation. Me quedé adentro mientras él daba un paseo. I stayed inside while he went for a walk. Now, interestingly, quedar can also mean to arrange to meet with someone which is super handy, and I did not know that before I researched this episode. So an example of this would be, Mi amiga y yo quedamos a las diez en la biblioteca. My friend and I arranged to meet at 10 at the library. So what would take us in English, what is this, one, two, three, three words? They just have the one verb, quedar. Mi amiga y yo quedamos a las diez en la biblioteca. My friend and I arranged to meet at 10 at the library. So much more straightforward. I love it. Anyways, number seven, disculpar, which is to forgive or pardon, versus disculparse, to apologize or say sorry. So this is important, right? Because you want to make sure that you are either forgiving someone, right, doing the act, or you are asking them to forgive you. Two very different sides, but of the same coin. So be careful with this one. Por favor, disculpe él. Todavía está aprendiendo las reglas. Please excuse him. He's still learning the rules. Por favor, disculpe él. Todavía está aprendiendo las reglas. Please excuse him. He's still learning the rules. 
There's the please forgive him, please, you know, pardon him, excuse him. And then you've got disculparse. So, disculpate. Que terrible decir eso. Apologize, right? Implied, you. Apologize. What a terrible thing to say. Disculpate. Que terrible decir eso. Apologize. What a terrible thing to say. Number eight. Dar, to give, versus darse, which is a Mexican colloquialism for to give up or to surrender, and it's also a Colombian colloquialism to bump something. Now, remember, if you're doing it this way, it has to be followed by en, E-N. So an example of dar, quiero darte un abrazo, I want to give you a hug. Note that again, this is not a reflexive verb, but rather an infinitive verb, dar, with an indirect object pronoun, te, attached. Quiero darte, I want to give you, un abrazo, a hug. A reflexive example would be darse. Te das o quieres seguir? Do you give up or do you want to keep going? Te das o quieres seguir? Do you give up or do you want to keep going? Or we could do the Colombian version. Él se dio en el codo cuando entró en el coche. He bumped his elbow when he got in the car. Él se dio en, right? Remember en, el codo cuando entró en el coche. He bumped his elbow when he got in the car. Number nine, lamentar, to be sorry, regret, or lament something, versus lamentarse, to be sorry for yourself, to complain or grumble. Now, you could argue that this is more of a subtle difference and it belongs in, it belongs in the last episode, because it makes sense that if you make lamentar a reflexive verb, the meaning would become to be sorry for yourself. I kept it on this list though, because I think there's a really important distinction between repenting of something you did wrong and wallowing in self-pity. So one attitude is helpful and allows you to improve yourself. The other is very negative and it keeps you frozen where you are. So really, I think that this difference is important enough for it to be on this list. So lamentar, to be sorry, regret, or lament something, and lamentarse, to be sorry for yourself, to complain or grumble. An example of lamentar is ella lamenta sus acciones. She regrets her actions. Ella lamenta sus acciones. She regrets her actions. And then for lamentarse, cuando lamentarte, no ayudas a nadie. When you feel sorry for yourself, you aren't helping anyone. Cuando lamentarte, no ayudas a nadie. When you feel sorry for yourself, you aren't helping anyone. And then, finally, our last one, number 10, disparar, which is to shoot or fire a weapon, or even to shoot a goal in soccer, versus dispararse, which is to fly off the handle. So an example of disparar, disparó la ballesta al blanco. He shot the crossbow at the target. Disparó la ballesta al blanco. He shot the crossbow at the target. An example of dispararse would be, Cuando el trato fracasó, se disparó. When the deal fell through, he flew off the handle. Cuando el trato fracasó, se disparó. When the deal fell through, he flew off the handle. So again, that's a huge distinction. One is you are shooting a weapon, you're getting a goal in soccer, right? Those, depending on your views in life, right, that can be positive or negative. I would hope that the soccer goal would always be positive. Well, I suppose not if it's the opposing team. Anyways, but dispararse, right, is to fly off the handle, which 
I don't even know how those two, like how that reflexive verb evolved to have that meaning. It's really interesting. You want to be careful when you're using that verb to make sure you're not actually saying the wrong thing. And that, my friends, concludes our three-part series on reflexive verbs. So thank you for sticking with me through all three parts, and I hope you found it really helpful. Remember, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact me at contact at languageanswers.com. I am excited for our cultural tip today because we are beginning a new cultural tip mini-series, I guess you could call it, about Argentina. So Argentina's full name is the Republica Argentina, or the Argentine Republic. And according to the CIA World Factbook, Argentina is a little less than three-tenths of the USA, and it covers most of the South American continent. And so while width-wise, it's about, I don't know, maybe one to two states wide, it is longer than the USA. It's located on the southern end of South America, between Chile and Uruguay. The government type, it's a presidential republic, meaning it's a representative democracy with a presidency that's separate from the legislative body, so just like Colombia. The capital city is Buenos Aires, and the religion is nominally Roman Catholic at 92%, but it's nominally because only about 20% of those Roman Catholics actively practice. Now, the official language is Spanish, but Italian, English, German, French, and then the indigenous languages, which, forgive me if I butcher these, but Chechua and Mapudungun are also spoken. The currency is the Argentine peso, or ARS. And a brief history is that in 1816, the United Provinces of the Rio Plata, basically what's now considered Argentina, Bolivia, Paraguay, and Uruguay, declared their independence from Spain. The countries then, you know, eventually splintered off, forming the countries that we know today. And then between 1860 and 1930, Argentina received a ton of European immigrants, with the most coming from Italy and Spain. There's also been a bunch of political unrest since World War II, although it sounds like Argentina has been in a period of what the CIA World Factbook calls, quote, reform and international reintegration, unquote, since they elected their president in 2015, Mauricio Macri. I am looking forward to getting to know a little bit more about Argentina in the coming two more episodes. So next time we will talk about their interesting national holidays. So I'm pretty excited to see what those are. Well, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to check out the show notes for links to the resources I used for this episode. If you would prefer to read an approximate transcription of today's episode, you can also visit the episode's blog. I would love to help you on your Spanish journey, so if you have any questions about Spanish culture or grammar, or if you need a Spanish to English translator or language consultant, you can reach me at contact at languageanswers.com or visit my website for more information at www.languageanswers.com. Remember, learning a language is a lifelong journey. Aprovechalo, disfrútalo, y compártelo. See you in two weeks! ¡Hasta luego!